0: What's up, everybody? This is Mind Your Money with Miss Be Helpful, a show that highlights people and stories that will inspire you to get your money right. I'm so, so excited to have a special guest named Izzy, who I actually found on Instagram. And I was just so interested in her story and, and sharing her story to learn a little bit more about her experience with things that I'm interested in so van life which I kind of mentioned on the podcast before but also this interesting connection to how van life was an opportunity for her financially and so I cannot wait for y'all to meet her hear her story and for us to jump into this conversation Uh, but let's go ahead and introduce you welcome to the show Izzy hi thanks for reaching out Of course. So I actually was, um, I've been following like a few random hashtags, right? And one of them is van life. But for some reason, yours came up with specifically with the connection to student loans. So we're going to talk like about that. And we'll get to all of it. But just a little bit of an introduction. Let's start there. Like for people who, you know, just don't know you haven't been following you yet or haven't found you on social media yet. Tell us a little bit about yourself and where they can find you on social. So my name is Isabella. And I'm from Bronx, New York, born and raised, Puerto Rican,
1: Dominican. Uh, I've lived in California six years now. And when I first came here, it was with the prospect of finding uh, better jobs because in New York City, it was just basically just retail at the time when I graduated from college. And I was getting nowhere with my student loan payments. It was basically, I was paying the minimum, which was essentially just having the banks hold my loan and I was paying them. So it wasn't doing anything. So I just needed to change. And when I first got here, I was still in the rut of paycheck to paycheck, paying the rent and the bills and the minimum essentials and not even being able to cover my student loans. So one day uh, we got noticed that the rent was going to go up in six months and we just decided we've had it. So that we've had six months to prepare for living in the car. We've did a bunch of research, we've tried to see how we can mitigate the heat. Uh, because it wasn't just myself and my roommate that were gonna live in the car, it was gonna be our pets, my cat and his dog. So it's gonna be, I know it's gonna be uh, quite the challenge. But despite the hardships, it was worth it because we started in the summer so that wasn't so bad whereas you can start in the winter and it'll be uh harder to to combat in the cold but given the fact that we weren't paying rent anymore and our only uh costs were gas the car payments and our phone bill i was able to make headway like i saved up for maybe six months for the van and I it took six months to look for the van because anywhere near the city it was just really expensive. So It'd I had to hard find to find one, right. I had to find one like maybe 40 miles away from the actual city. And if people are in New York in, New, in the East Coast, they'll have an easier time. I found that on the East Coast side, the vans were much more affordable, which was frustrating because of course they are, it's harder to live in your van when it gets like 20 degrees. Um, Fahrenheit outside whereas here in California the demand is much higher anyways I found one it was perfect and it took me about I had to race down to the clock because I started in the spring my build and I wanted to be done by winter because it was going to be harder to work in the cold so I was finally finished around October and I moved in with my cat and I never looked back it was it was wonderful I never regretted it
0: I love that. That's amazing. Okay, well, I'm, well I want to come back to like, specific questions about van life, because like, you've given us an intro to, you know, what gave you the the motivation to like make this decision right but I want to jump into a little bit more in detail but first I always like to start with regrets and you mm-hmm. kind of just mentioned it you're like I never regretted it which I love because a perfect transition to the first two questions being about regret so the first one is one big financial decision or move or purchase or experience that you paid for that you really regretted to this day you wish you could go back in time and like take it back what would that what would that thing be and then the next question is going to be something that you spend a lot of money on but you don't regret it so let's start with what you do regret at first?
1: Honestly, going to college, (laughs) getting my, I mean, I'm happy I got my bachelor's in psychology because it's, it's, I've had a broader, I've had broader options in regards to work and I now have two, two jobs that I love because of that degree. That being said, I would have gone to a vocational school and I would have gotten, um, a more, Uh, hands-on skill that would be considered essential still and wouldn't have broken the bank um if I was still going to college course I would have done van life while I was in college because Mm. all my necessities are there I have the bathrooms I have my my uh my food stipends like and I can park near campus or on campus so that's the move that would have been so much fun too I would have been the the hippie girl on campus that was in her van that would have been the move to do Um, because then it would have just gone into uh, my textbooks, right, versus stressing out about these loans that are piling up in interest, and I didn't know that, so I'm 18, and I had no idea that when you first start your semester in a few months, you have to start making payments to to your tuition. I had no idea, so then it was a race to get a loan out, so I wasn't even worried about the actual consequences of getting into debt, I was just worried about continuing my education, no matter, yep. no matter what. Um, and my my parents couldn't co-sign because their credit was bad. So I had to drag in my grandpa and my uncle, they were reluctant, but they were helpful. And it was four loans total two for each of them. Yep. So now there's this added on stress of I'm now financially hurting other people yep. in my life. If I'm not, if I'm not on top of it, if I'm not successful, if I don't graduate with this degree, you know, if I'm not, worth it right
0: Right.
1: so that is just I'm just pushing that in the back of my mind gambling on this idea that when I do graduate there'll be there'll be work for me out there and that's just not true and it's it's worse today Uh, whenever I get the chance to speak to anyone that's in high school and they're genuinely curious about going to college I just I try not to scare them but I'm like don't do it if you are going to do two years community where it's free try to get as free as possible two years community get all your essential credits in and by then you'll maybe have an idea of what you want to do because honestly realistically I didn't I had no idea what I wanted to do by like 18 you're 18 you should be living you should you should go out and experience the world that's why I advocate for vocational school because then you'll have something that'll earn you money while you're learning about mm. yourself and what makes you happy. Um, I've learned that if I can lower my expenses to the point where I can try to make some sort of residual income based on my interests, based on my hobbies, that is the that is a happier life for me. So that's what van life has taught me. Um, the hardest part about van life was when COVID hit because I mm. stringently relied on the gym, my gym membership to access showers and stuff. So when everything shut down, it got real serious, real quick, where I was like, okay, baby wipes and washing my feet with the park water that i collect, and making sure that um, I just have my drinking water for drinking. And I was lucky where I have two jobs. I have one job as a behavior therapist where I work with children on the autism spectrum. And I love it. It's very fulfilling. I've never woken up to, to a job where I'm like, I'm excited to go and make change. Like it sounds cheesy, like but, wow. but that's like, and I, I only took it because I was in a situation where my other job was causing, uh, uh physical injuries to my, my wrists. And yeah. I rely on that to create my art. So I was, I read the job description, even though it was like kicking, spitting, hair pulling, scratching. Yeah, so all that. And I'm like, I'll take it, I'll take my chances. And you know what, these kiddos are great. That's just, yeah. those are those are very few and far in between. Um, and my other job is supportive living, where you, you work with the same demographic, but they're older, they're in like their 60s, 50s, and yep. they may help with like bathing or cooking. And that's where I'm at right now, my weekend job. Um, mm-hmm. I'm at his house. And with that job, I have access to a shower and a kitchen. But it was it was only like on the weekends. So nice. I was all week just waiting for that, that time. Access. Ready. And nice. I learned to be more grateful of these little things, like just a hot shower, you know? Yes, yes. Um, my most expensive that I don't regret would be getting the van, of course.
0: Uh, I bet you that was price. wait, 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 you have to say that again. How much, how much did you spend like from the process, but you, you probably plan to spend a certain amount, but then, you know, unexpected things come up. How much would you say it's really cost you from start to finish with the van,
1: including the van with everything inside of it, it would be $3,000.
0: Oh, wow. That's actually not bad at all.
1: Not at all. And you know, I, uh, I hate to say this, but I returned a lot of what I use at home Depot. I got a lot of my money back doing that. Yeah. So that's why it was so cheap. Um, I did keep a certain amount of tools just for the fact that I felt like it was important to have that in the van in case something right. fell apart right. and I needed to yep. screw things in. Um, so I kept that. But pretty much everything was pretty affordable. Amazon held. Yeah. This was something that uh, was kind of tricky. Getting your own ad-
0: address. That's so what I was going to ask to- you about mail. Because you said Amazon's great. I'm like, what? So where do you still have to get a mailbox, a P.O.? Like, that's how do mailbox, you do that? A mailbox. And I was split it
1: with my, 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 my friend. It was $10 a month
0: and wow. we'll pay for the
1: year I and mean, that's it. And, um, I had 24 hour access to it. So no matter what time of night, I would just show up, check my mail. I love doing things early, early in the morning, 5.00 AM. I'd be up to beat the traffic, to beat the heat, wow. be at the gym, to shower. I would make sure that, um, i would be at home Depot at 5.00 AM, making sure that, um, uh, I just needed to avoid people (laughs) because parking was hard with the van. I had to, and I would go on Google Maps and and look at the map to see where I can find parking. Oh, there's trees there. That looks like it might have good shading. I would use this application that would help me uh, find streets that didn't have signs that would restrict overnight parking. Um, Eventually, I found better overnight parking spaces. I'm not sure if you're aware of the orange line in California, but basically no. it's a it's a it's a strip of road that's meant for the bus restricted for the bus essentially yeah. and. Each station would have these parking spots for commuters to park their car and then to, 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 they could take the bus, you can leave your car parked there up to 72 hours as long as you're using the bus. But of course, how are you going to prove that? How you going to check? <laughs> right. I would take advantage of that and just stay, stay in these stations. Of course, I noticed that the stations by the more bougie or nicer neighborhoods, security come around more often, and right. I was moved maybe twice. And the the stations where you would have the homeless like, uh, packed up against the gates, those stations were never checked. Oh no.
0: So right. I would just
1: share it. and I didn't have any issues with homeless people. I got tagged once and it wasn't it was more like people these kids passing by and they didn't know okay. everyone was in the in the van I literally heard okay. that in the back and I'm like no! oh, that's my baby." <laughs> um,
0: and I mean you grew up in New York City so it's not something that's a totally foreign I can't thing imagine doing this in New York City I cannot right. people are different
1: there people will actually put their face up on the glass to see what's oh yeah the- with the I cannot imagine doing this in New York God bless anyone trying.
0: Uh, I know. I think it's too hard in the wind. and when it gets cold, you can't. You just can't. Like it's. I. I, I don't. I don't know how people would be able to do it in, in the freezing cold in the winter. You know how it gets when it gets brick and it's snowing in the city. Like, imagine. No.
1: They would have to maybe drive down to Florida.
0: Yeah. Like and make, then make come. A move, yeah.
1: Move. Make mm-hmm. a move somewhere and then. Um. I thought about doing van life in Hawaii because the pay rate for my position as a as a behavior therapist is like ten dollars more. Wow. because of the cost of living and so if I just keep my cost of living near zero Low. then that's that's an option right so I've been thinking about stuff like that um right right now I it was hard to let go but I sold the van to CarMax because back oh. in April I got this connection with someone that used to be the CEO of my part-time job and they're looking for someone to live in their like their townhouse with their very very uh morbidly obese. She can't do anything for okay. herself really and they need someone there at night time to call 911 just in case. So yeah. I'm that girl. I live there rent free. Uh it's a complete 180 from what I was used to living. Uh right. it's a nice gated community, it's a fancy neighborhood, so it's just I feel like royalty from from living <laughs> in a van. It's so, it's so nice of a pace. That's I, crazy. I did that because my cat was overheating a lot. Like she mm. would be kind pat- of dreaded the summertime because there was no escaping the heat. And I did everything myself. So I didn't have any welding experience. I didn't. I, wow. I basically just... I took a chance. I did make ventilation with, like, a solar fan. That didn't really do anything. It was just to get the air moving a little bit. And I cut the hole in the roof myself. It was very daunting. Oh, my God. No, so it's a a lot of – it was 100% do-it-yourself. What was frustrating was that there's this imagery of van life all over YouTube of it being, like,
0: like – Glamorous. Yeah.
1: And I'm like, dude, maybe if you're already making guap and you make – and you make your money off of just online stuff okay but for the most part people like they have to have a location they go to every day they don't just they can't just travel that's the nice dream but that wasn't for me so I basically looked for car life which had more of like a city life kind of vibe it's a lot of guys doing this I rarely Mm -hmm. find girls and it's rare when they're solo um actually I haven't run into any I felt like the richest homeless girl because right.
0: everyone else around me was living in cars because they had to not because they wanted to and and that's yeah. mm, a and a position. lot of them
1: didn't really have jobs i felt i felt extremely privileged living oh, yeah. in my van and like, i felt like oh this is a palace compared to my my neighbors literally right
0: um I'm not going to lie. That's actually how I I found out about van life um, because I I found out about it through social media, through YouTube. I watched all the YouTube conversion, converting my van, DIYing it, and also the ones where they pay like $150,000 for these freaking Mercedes-Benz vans. And they have these, um, you know, like the shower, standing shower, the bathroom, the kitchen. And we, my boyfriend and I, we both w- work remotely, but like before the, the pandemic, I had to report to work like at least every few weeks. But the other times when I wasn't traveling, I was at home. So I, we and him were talking about that. Like, could we do this? Because it could allow us to travel. Like it could allow us to see a lot of places. It wasn't like, we weren't really necessarily interested in like living in the van to experience van life, but more so just the fact that it would allow us to go to all these different places and not be stuck in one like city or one place. So that kind of made us like interested to look it up. But we started seeing how much it costs and then thinking about like, okay, what about using the bathroom? What about showering? What about like all these logistical things? What about mail? What about, you know, um, the cost of, of the insurance? You have to get a certain type of insurance. And we also found out it was like, technically illegal in most states to live in a vehicle. So then you gotta be like there's this whole world of stealth where like stealth in van life is like you have to actually pretend you're not in your van. Like you have to pretend you're not in there. Like turn put the little curtains up, close all the lights and turn off all the lights and like if you get caught, you get fined, you have to move your car. Like and we started thinking about all those aspects and we're like oh maybe we should not speed into this decision so quickly until we do all of our research and know what's the good parts and the bad parts because it's not all that like you said, like it's very glamorized and that's, I'm not gonna lie. That's what caught our interest and attention it was like, Oh, this looks so cool. But, but then at the end of the day, you're only getting the highlight reel. You're only getting the, the positive and pretty parts of it. And you're not really seeing the full picture. So, I mean, just having you telling me all these, like the real, the real real of the experience its very eye opening because a lot of people don't realize that they're just scrolling on Instagram and seeing people waking up to beautiful mountain top views and water. And it's like, Okay, but that's like the small percentage of the experience only.
1: What I see it as an opportunity as a business model. Maybe you have a pretty location and you can rent out a van. Uh, again, that would probably be illegal because there are certain places in countries and states where you, re- if you're, if someone's going to be dwelling in this space, yeah. it has to be x amount of size, yep. has to have x amount of windows, ventilation. So everything is going to be very. My parking was illegal. Everything about it was illegal. Um, I make sure that I'm in my van early and try not to do any movement because I wanted to be stuffed. Um, but if I did get knocked on the window, it's it's interesting. They have like this hard face. So when they see that it's a girl, they soften up and they just tell me to move. And then I feel bad because I'm like, oh my gosh, what about all the guys that are living this lifestyle? They're they're just as kind as I am, but they have to. They do don't get
0: they that soft side.
1: Yeah, and I totally get it. You don't know what's in this van with me. You don't know if I'm alone in here, what weapons I've got. The one time I did have an issue with security was with a female, and I totally get it. You're 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 alone, and you have no idea if I'm going to have some guy right. come out here and jump you. Um, right. That was because I was parked too early in front of my LA fitness gym. So it opened at 6 a.m., but technically I, I shouldn't have been there at 4 a.m. And I like to just get there early and get my spot early, but she caught me and she asked me to move. I went to like a nearby McDonald's parking lot. I stayed there, waited my little hours, but that was my only drama. I did get written up by an officer because my license plate uh, tags haven't come in yet. So staying on top of that, just to like stay as low key as possible. You got
0: to stay on top of all your stuff. Um, Can't give them any reason to come bother you, stop you, you know, anything. Because you're just adding to the fact that, you know, you're not supposed to be doing this. And on top of that, your plates ain't up to date, your license registration, whatever your stuff is. You just have to have all that stuff on tip top, like, which is a little bit more stressful, too. Because usually some people wouldn't be worried about those things if they're not in the car all the time, you know. So it's an added layer of stress.
1: For sure. But if I was in your situation, it would just have to be three months out of the year taking the van and traveling somewhere. And even then that's expensive, the gas, because that's the round right. trip. Or are yep. you going to have it in a sh- shipped out somewhere across the country? You still got to pay for that. <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, I did fall for the whole um, Mercedes. I was, I really tried to tell myself, oh, maybe you can take a alone and treat that as a, as rent. And I'm like, no, Isabella mm-hmm. just stay off your day. You're all right, yes, just go girl. Outside. do your yoga outside, your back hurts. That's why you're telling yourself this. You just need to relax a little. Um, that was a nice thing. I was always outside. That was, yes. I'm usually, I'm a hermit. I'm inside of my computer working on my art. Um, I don't really socialize all that often, but they really forced me out of my comfort zone. It really put like people that were regularly at the park walking their dogs or jogging, they sort of became, uh, not my neighbors, but they they got to know me better because I was regularly there with my cat. and She was always on a harness. I'm like that weird girl with her cat at the park with her solar panels, charging her cool. The solar panels were a game changer before I I that solar panels i had to rely on the public library i had to look for outlets wherever i could find them outside of the building mm-hmm. i would save it on my phone and mark it on the map saying battery and now i would have like this google maps of like scattered um charging points and covid made that really hard so i was like okay let's get i got the money now let's get solar let's get my battery going yep and that was a game changer i recommend that to be
0: like the first thing you save up for along with the van and that cost me $200 on Amazon. Oh, that's not even bad. Look, seriously, yeah. every time you say these prices, I'm thinking it's gonna be much higher. It That's not bad at all. It can always get higher. <laughs> of course. really hard. I'm
1: like, all right. It's the, the, like, for example, refrigeration. There is something called the Yeti, which is like yeah, I've a seen very, that very one. well-insulated fridge. And it's like, it could be a thousand dollars, right? And I'm looking, all right, what's, how long do I want my ice to last? Do I need it to last 10 days, like the Yeti promises? Or I'm, okay, or I'm okay with going to get ice every three days. Two days. So fine. I got something that got me to get ice every three days that cost me $150 to refrigerate my food. Um, I got my little grill and I'll cook outside with propane. And it was fine for a very long time. Yeah. And I would do my awesome. dishes at the park. It was this nice little sink area. You learn to be the first one there because the homeless would come and just trash everything. Um... And I don't blame the people that are homeless. I say I see them more as people that have mental issues, not so much people that are actively making poor financial decisions. I agree. It's just I agree. they they need a, a facility to
0: get their grounds
1: together. Yeah, get and to support them. It.
0: Just like yeah. you know, like just you you, you work with uh, in assisted living and also with children that are on the spectrum. Imagine not supporting them imagine not having somebody like you to help them cope and to help them deal with whatever they're going through that day like I see that so much especially in New York City girl I mean you know I'm sure taking the train in the Bronx but I'm from Brooklyn and I would get on the train to go to Manhattan or to go wherever Queens and always I would see people on the subway and I would think to myself like what has their life been like to really get them to this point where they don't have nobody that they can rely on to stay with them to support them to make sure that they're good like, that always made me feel sad more than scared. Like, I feel like I was never really like disgusted or scared or anything. One of all those negative stereotypes about people that don't have, you know, permanent housing. And I'm like, look, bro, it's actually just really, it makes me feel like we're not doing enough to help because they they really probably, most of them really are just struggling with mental health issues. Not like they're not, you know, trying. It's just that they don't have the support to deal with, overcome those issues that so many other people get help through that and then they're better. But you know, a lot of people, they don't actually get that help that they need. So I a hundred percent agree with you on that.
1: Um, I, and I felt guilty cause I was like, I'm living in the same environment. My quality of life is so much better yeah. just because of my mental grounding. Right?
0: right. And, but that's so humbling. Oh, I want to go back to, you talked about, um, the temptation to get that Mercedes van, the temptation yeah. to go the nice route, to do the little, even if it's not all the way bougie, but to take some of those little like glamorous van life type of aspects to it. But then you said, no, like focus on the debt, focus on the the goals. Like it's so easy to just do that. And then you end up with more debt. Um, So talk to us about your debt. Like you, when you graduated, how much student loans did you have? How long did it take you to pay it off? I know when we were emailing, you mentioned that you were going to like officially be done paying it, which is amazing. And I, I hope that you did make your last payment, but tell us, What's the update with your debt situation and how you went about paying it, and and actually how van life helped you to be able to get out of the student loan debt that you had.
1: So when I officially got the van, every time every time January came around and we got our income tax in, I always use that money to pay my insurance for the for six months. So the whole thing was be done for six months. I would pay my phone bills for like maybe three months in advance. I would pay um I would pay my gym membership for the whole year, so that way I can just have I would have to just only have to worry about my gas, my food, and my student loans. Those mm-hmm. are the three things. My mind is clear. And man, did that feel good. That's that so was smart, girl. reinforcing. And mm-hmm. that kind of, you have to find things that are reinforcing like that in order to keep these habits going. And I would tell, when it came to like stopping myself from making poor decisions, it would always be high school Isabella has taken away what you want today so if you want 30 year old 40 year old Isabella to be happy you have to work today (laughs) that's all it is all depth is is taking time from from future future so that you can do it today and I'm like all right all right I I got it I got it so how did I even though I understood that your body is still saying I want sweets I want to go out to eat I want a party I want okay so how can we get that You're feeling that. out you know um for me i dived into my hobbies i got into um being more physically active be it playing handball which was really hard to find in california coming from new york city oh that's such
0: a new york thing though
1: <laughs> handball courts are everywhere i'd I, that's the i miss it man and maybe i yeah. found one or two here in cali um but i would just make sure my i my time was filled up and I was never just bored and wow. I still had, I had this extra income where I was able to go out to eat way more often so I would I would enjoy myself I would budget that that enjoyment like okay I'm gonna have my bubble tea I'm gonna have my Vietnamese pho I'm gonna have my ramen and it would still be within my 200 300 a month food Amen. budget what was it I wanted to I was so excited I added up so currently, as of today, no, no, let me, let me get the numbers in. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> we ready? I need a I drum see, roll. I, need, I feel like I need like a... <laughs> <laughs> I started paying my debt two years ago. So I was living outside for three years. The first year, I couldn't do anything. i was saving up money for van life. The second I was able to get van life going, two years of payments. And as of today, interest only, I paid $20,880. Interest only, just because the bank, just just to the fact that I loaned it out. The actual principal that's paid today is $46,636. This summer is my third summer not having to pay rent. And I have, you know how much left in my balance? $2,200.
0: Wow. That's what I have left
1: to pay. Now, there are certain things that have slowed me down a little this summer, when kiddos are out of school, I have a lot of school cases. My hours dropped dramatically. Mm-hmm. And then my kitty had to go to the vet. So there are certain things that came out and I'm like, you know what? She's important. I'm, I have the money. She's going to take care of whatever. If it means I'm not debt free by the end of September, I'm debt free by the middle of October. What difference does it make? I'm going to be right. debt free this fall and right. feeling, oh my gosh, I have this whiteboard at home where i track my gas expenses i track the money coming in i track the the money going out and i always so my two jobs are on different pay schedules and that makes it so that every friday i get a paycheck
0: nice So every
1: week i know it's really nice so every week i make sure i take money out and put it towards the debt
0: so that money is
1: already spent i don't have to worry about oh i don't have enough money to the debt goes first and I've got this habit of paying a minimum of $2,000 a month for the last two years. Oh, um, you're on fire, on fire. There was one good thing that happened with COVID. So at first, my behavior therapy job wasn't considered essential. So there was a good span of time where I wasn't working that job, but I was able to get an employment, which paid me a lot more. And I was still working. My part-time job which was automatically essential. So in one month, with the unemployment of $6,000 and my part-time job, I was able to knock out $8,000 of my debt, wow. which was literally out of the four loans. It was like one whole loan almost.
0: So That's that, amazing. that did a lot. But you, but you know, you, I, you, I have to point out that this is something about you because, you know, you're saying like, oh, well, COVID helped me with this extra money. But look, girl. There are people that had gotten all that extra money. And because there was a freeze on student loans where they didn't have to pay, it was 0% and, and, and no payments. They did not put extra money. So, you know, oh, I, I want, I want you to give yourself more credit. Like, girl, I got, you have to give yourself more credit because getting that extra money could have easily went to a better van, a better whatever, anything. And you were like, nah. I got this goal, Dude, I, when I you saw know,
1: 0%, one of my loans is 12% interest. Wow. Because
0: that's I ridiculous. kept missing
1: payments. It was, it was nine, 10, 11, 12% interest respectively for each
0: loan. That's like a freaking credit card that student loans are supposed to be single digit credit cards are usually more predatory. That is crazy. So I was like, Zero percent
1: for how long? Oh, let's do it. Let's take advantage. because before when I first started out, I was accruing I was accruing like a day and that would that would make me that would make me cry. Now today, I'm accruing a dollar and nineteen cents. I call my I call Discover every time I make the payments because I want a person to do it because I think I feel like it's faster to go through the computer system. yep and I always ask them, what's the remaining balance? how much interest am I now accruing today because the bill cycle is always saying zero because I'm making these advanced payments. So right. I need to mentally know how much per day and I'll do the math myself. And I know that's how much money I need to put in extra so that I can actually tackle the principal. Right. So stuff like that has really helped me build this habit of uh, putting money away. So now when I'm oh, debt free, I'm going to be able to like, okay, money is now not, not going to go to this bank. It's going to go to future
0: Isabella. Okay. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. But I okay. Know. I, I need to know how you got this brain that you have, because you like, you have this mentality that I think is so rare, but I didn't even, um, how, how old are you right now? I'm 30. Okay. And so this day has been happening for like, what, eight years? Cause you graduated probably around 22, right? Yeah. 21. Okay. So nine years ago. So Less than 10 years, you're going to be debt free. But I feel like what you've been describing, the way you think about things is not how most people in their 20s or even, I mean, you're 30, you just turned 30. But like our generation, we don't think like that. And every time I try to talk about this stuff, because I started my YouTube channel specifically because I had $20,000 of credit card debt. My interest rate was like 20 something percent. And nobody in my house, my parents are Dominican. They don't speak English. They didn't have no bank accounts. They don't know. Nobody knew about money or credit or borrowing or nothing. So I was literally figuring this out as I was going, making all these mistakes and learning. And then I finally just started putting content online, like YouTube and just Instagram, started telling people like my story and how, listen, if I could learn, you can learn right and I think for me, it changed my mentality, got better as I started reading books, as I started listening to, you know, podcasts and and reading blogs and learning about money. But that didn't happen until I was like 24, 25 years old. So now I have that mentality. It wasn't easy, especially the way I grew up. So anyway, my question for you is, how did you get this mentality and the way you think about money and the way you talk about like specifically how you said, when I was in high school, I was taking away from myself now. And now if I make bad choices, I'm taking away from myself in my 30s and 40s. Like, that's hard for most people to think about, especially at a young age. So how did you get this mentality? What did you do to really, you know, strengthen the way you think about money and the way you think about life?
1: Well, I grew up in a household where there was arguments every single day, literally. And it was always because money was tight. Always. It was, it was always from a... I just had a mentality of a scarcity. So yep. it's more of habit building. And I've, I, growing up in the Bronx, you kind of see materialism shackle people down i don't i don't know why it's not as obvious to others as it is to me like i i see people like i grew up around bullying where the kids will make fun of others for dressing what not dressing like they're rich right. growing up with that associating consumerism of the bullies kind of helped me not want to participate um, it really helped taking being a psych major. I I really think that it should be taught from middle school, like these certain aspects mm. in psychology, like um, consumerism itself. You, you when I took consumer marketing, I saw the tactics behind how to get people to to buy things, even if it's against their own best interest. And I and mm. I, because I took this course, and I go to like to shop, I see these um like buy buy this money for this price and I'm like that's only like 20 cents less I could just save my ten dollars and buy one of these which is all that I need but it's like this I don't want to miss out on the sale I don't want to look the dumb. the
0: deal the money you know, that, I,
1: yeah that. and it's and it's associated with not looking smart and I'm like why are you associating it that way oh because you've been you've been trained to think like that and and it's really hard to, break people out of that because then they take it as you're you're trying to uh, portray yourself as better than me and you're trying to lecture me and at that point it's like kind of learn to just focus on yourself and let others learn the way they can. I, I also learned the hard way in life um, but those lessons have made it even more difficult for me to keep stumbling upon these, these mistakes. Um, like for, I am never, even if let's say something bad happens and the family doesn't want me living in that house anymore, I'm going back into the car. I am never, ever, ever signing a lease. I'm never, ever paying for rent ever again. My, my long-term goal, it's also important to have some sort of goal. You have to have yeah. some sort of something something to dangle in front of your face. Um, sure, you can go out with your friends, but not every single weekend, not every single paycheck. You know, mm. make it once a month so that way you can you see you see your goals being actualized eventually. And my goal is to be on a homestead somewhere, maybe buy land in the Dominican Republic or in Puerto Rico. Yes. And so that I have to pay for rent. Just have my own my own tiny house, you know, and live on solar, get um water harvesting, uh try to grow my own food, and then only have to worry about how to make money with my art how to invest in the metaverse how to invest in the right crypto projects how to these are all things that i'm looking into i don't financial literacy is not taught for a reason it's by design this it's Mm. it's really sad that as an adult i realized that the adults that were teaching me knew this and didn't bother to say anything Like I I realized, oh my gosh, your teachers, you know, this system's messed up. You know, financial literacy isn't a thing, but you don't do anything to, is it because we're Bronx kids? Is it because you see that there's no hope, there's a narrative. And so you don't feel that there should be an investment on your part. But if there was a high schooler in my life, I would make him open up a stock account and do paper trading, Mm. which basically means you use uh, monopoly money. It's fake. And you're practicing, you're building up the habit of like what is it, the what skills. is it like to invest and in to, to fail on that investment without actually real con, like losing money on it, right? Like these little things. I follow um these three YouTube channels that I love. It's the nomad capitalist, which is yep. more of like high-end six-figure people, but you shouldn't cheat yourself from that information just because you're not making six figures. That's still that's still information that you can benefit from. The fact that you can you can be a dual citizen. The fact that you can make, create a business offshore, and that's some sort of tax haven, and that's how rich people in America don't pay taxes because they technically report that there was no profits being made. These channels that I follow help me stay on the right path. So there's Nomad Capitalist, and there's one that's more of, she's much more relatable. It's Sorel, Sorel Amore. Finance. She's basically in her thirties and is a self-actualized millionaire. And I love her work ethic. I love the fact that she's traveled the world. I want to travel the world as well. That's the first thing I want to do when I get out of my debt. Um, I have. I work around school schedule, so in the summertime, I can take three three months off, save up, and just go somewhere with my cat. Nice. Uh, and the more I travel, the m- I want to be able to see how can I. Because I noticed this pattern of what can you give that's of value? Because what when you do that, you tend to become a millionaire. So you're you're, you're at least, I don't want I, my goal isn't to be a millionaire. My goal is to just be self-sustaining, where I don't have to work every day, where I can just I can just live. The the regulations on crypto is frustrating because all I see it is hurting people like myself and people that don't have the money to just get up and move to another country that isn't going to put these uh, these uh, strict laws in robin hood and the whole short squeeze play and it's revealing all this this corruption and it basically retail is just fodder for for these people to just siphon money from when I learned about the financial system, like just just YouTubing how banks work, how when you deposit your money, that money that you deposit is no longer yours. That's yeah. it. They're gonna take it, and they're gonna do. They're gonna play with it. Send it out. Yep. And even though that number is there, not really. <laughs> so when I learned about crypto, I learned about blockchain. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm my own bank. No wonder they're afraid of this. Yeah, of it course, cuts out, it cuts out the middleman on every level from government from banking it cuts out the middleman and it's it goes it's peer-to-peer if i wanted to send you money there's no one involved it's just me and you that's it if i'm if you wanted to make a if you and i wanted to team up and make a business i can establish a company abroad we can avoid the high taxes and we can send money back and forth without having to involve all these big banks and that's incredibly empowering that's we're just regular we're regular folks right that's just just being able to, the more you learn, the more empowerment you feel, the more you want to take action. If you don't take on any kind of information, you're just going to feel hopeless and you're going to want to stay where you are. Right. Um, the one thing that did help a lot was I was abusing marijuana. I was abusing it because it was a coping mechanism because of, it, was just, it was just depression. But then it got to a point where I was no longer getting high. So I just said, all right, we're going to go cold turkey. And it was hard for like the first four days. It was just when you're when your body is no longer making dopamine and just flat lines, you can literally go into a depressive, depressive state for sure immediately. So I just made sure I kept myself busy from from the second I woke up to when I got tired and went to bed. Um, and after four days, at least for me, for my body, it was it's it was easy so I became I was i have been sober now like eight months and I don't see myself ever going back uh I am spiritually curious so when I do travel to Amsterdam I do want to try the psychedelics I do want to go to like uh I want to meet shamans I want to try like DMT stuff but for recreational I'm just staying away from all substances pretty much
0: well, it seems to be doing amazing things for you because you you're so clear, you're level headed. You talk about life and money and the lessons that you've learned in a way that is like so inspirational. Like I just, I can't, I want like every hood kid in the Bronx to hear you. Like that's what I want because I want them to see that you you don't have to think that where you start is the only way, and that how you see whatever's going on around you, that that's life. Like. Life is whatever you make it. And you've literally created a totally different life for yourself. And I I just, I want to give you so much props for that. You're so inspirational. I love what you're doing. I cannot wait to get a message from you being like, girl, I did it. It's my last payment. I'm excited.
1: It's going to take leaving your, your circles that haven't grown, that haven't changed. And it might feel lonely, but that's only temporary and it's necessary um i've always been a black sheep when it came to living in new york city so leaving wasn't that hard but i do see that those that stayed a lot of them are perpetuating cycles that our our parents went through pretty much yeah
0: I absolutely agree. I feel like for me, I was one of those lucky kids that like when I was little, I was just so nerdy. Like all the kids around me, they will always make fun of me because, oh, Janelle always gets 90s. She always gets 100 on the test. She's a teacher's pet. And also because my family was always on food stamps and welfare. So like I never had Jordans. I never had all the fancy things. So I got to high school, like probably later middle school when I started working and saving my own money. And then I like an idiot went and spent it all on clothes and shoes to show off that. Oh, I have these brands, too. And it's like for what? Like to impress these people who are treating you like crap? Like who are talking about you, who are laughing at you, not even behind your back, in your face. And you want to come back and impress them. You want to wear something to make them think highly of you. What the heck do you care what they think of you? They are horrible people. Like the, or at least they have treated you horribly, right? And they might grow and change and become better people. But right now, it's so hard with bullying. And I think in New York City, especially in like, you know, the hood. It's such a hard thing to overcome because you're in the thick of it there's nowhere for you to go every day but to school but to the block but to the store and that's where it is all the time it's like insidious it's just always there so i agree that when you when you want to grow and change you actually have to leave your environment completely and maybe you go back maybe you choose to go back and try to make change there but at the end of the day Staying there won't change you. You kind of have to force yourself to leave that comfort zone, leave everything you know, see how much bigger the world is, and let alone like this country, but like the world. See how big it really is and how much amazing people are out there, people like you with positive, inspirational messages that they're not going to let the negativity get them, you know, they're not going to let it take everything, their joy and their, um, you know, their, their passion to thrive. So I definitely, I agree with you. I think young people do not be afraid to change, to leave the environment, especially if it's negative and stealing your, your joy and your um like your desire to live and thrive, like leave, leave because there's so much more out there, but you got to go chase it and find it. Sure. And if you can't do it right now,
1: you can do it with your social media account. You could just start following the accounts that are actually promoting change, um, not the accounts that are telling you to consume or making you feel like you're missing out that, that FOMO. You don't want that feeling. So I just follow artists. I follow financial um, creators. I follow like people like you. Just oh, following, just, just adding these channels into your life, even if you can't change the external environment, because you're looking at their phone
0: 24 seven anyways. Well, it's basically you might- your environment anyway. Exactly. exactly. You can start right there and it's free. I love that. Well, I, I hate to wrap this up. We could keep talking for another three hours. I, I want to like learn more from you, but, um, and we will reconnect. Actually, I want to reach out to you again to learn about your art and learn about other things. And we got to talk about crypto because my boyfriend is on an NFT binge, right? He's obsessed right now with NFT. So we definitely have to talk more about those things. But I always like to end the show with the question of a money message or money mantra that you can leave with people that like, especially those young kids that we're talking about, like struggling and you think money is a way to get access to people thinking better of you or people or impressing other people and how to help them with like a mantra or a message that can remind them like really you know it's bigger than that and and to help them make better and smarter choices with money uh so what would your money message or money mantra be whenever i do want to spend
1: money i tell myself how much of this stock that i've been looking at can i buy how much of this crypto can i buy how much what what kind of how can I invest this money or how can I save this money and how can I why do I want to consume this product what am I really looking for that all that I'm looking to satisfy is it a sweet tooth is it um validation if it's validation how how else can I seek validation for me I can find validation by um submitting and artwork on my Instagram page. I can find valid- You can find validation by uh, being good at a sport. Like, so you can, there's these psychological needs that humans naturally have. And the, the media and the consumer world has learned these hacks to make you feel like they're the solution. Uh, even phar- pharmacies do it too, that they're the solution to these, your, your issues. And you have to learn more about yourself in order to combat in those things. Um, it's hard when you're surrounded by peers that are, are perpetuating this cycle of consumerism. Yeah, they're, they're drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah, exactly, so it'll feel lonely and you might, might be bullied or stuff, but that's just, you're waking up. You're now seeing, oh, these aren't really friends. They're barely acquaintances. Mm. And it might even hurt where it's like, oh, this is a family member that i once respected but now i kind of have to step back and see oh they don't know what they're talking about they don't know what they're doing i love them but they don't know what they're doing so It's more, I don't know about mantra, but I know someone that always lives below his means, no matter how much money he makes, he always lives below his means. For me, I try to mitigate, I don't want to have any bills. How can I mitigate my bills at the end of the day? If I just have to worry about my phone
0: bill, fantastic. I love that mentality. And it shines through with your ideas about even setting yourself up for van life where you were like, I paid the whole year membership of the gym. I paid the whole years, like a few months of myself when I paid the whole year of this. And I, you know, like even in the city, like I tried to tell my, like I have a, a younger brother who for a while was really struggling with credit card debt. He was so frustrated. He asked me, just take, take over my accounts and help me with my money. So for a while I was doing that. And I would tell him, look, instead of paying every week for a weekly card, buy the monthly you will have unlimited swipes, and you will get it out the way right away. And then every dollar you earn for the rest of the month, you don't gotta put it to another Metro card. You understand that, like, you—it's a sacrifice up front, but you're thinking about the re- like, you're thinking about the long run and the rest of you know the month, the year, whatever. And he, like, some people they just don't understand. He's like, nah, it hurts taking out 121 at the front of the month. Like, I'd rather do 32 weekly or 36 weekly. I'm like, but do the math, bro. Like, it just and so you know, people, I. I Yes, literally add it up and see the difference. And I think that doesn't affect some people, even seeing the math, because the psychological, um, I guess I would say brainwashing, I think, like psychological impact of society and is so deep that they the math doesn't convince them. It's not enough to overcome the psychological shift that they actually need to make in order to understand how these types of decisions, you can make them smarter. You know what I mean? It also helps that... You have to be hurting enough to take that
1: leap. And then once you take that leap and experience, oh, I can go I can go further more often with this unlimited swipe and also we'll have money saved up at the end of the month than I did with my how many swipes a week. And I cannot imagine how much money it costs now to take the bus. When I left New
0: York, it was just going higher and higher. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. you guys are bugging. And if you want the express bus, you know you got to pay extra. Like you have to get the express bus ticket. So even if you got an unlimited MetroCard, it doesn't get you on the express bus. And that gets a lot of people. And then if you get on the express bus and the cops stop you and you don't have an a express bus a receipt, then you get a fine. So now it's like you either pay up front a little... And, and don't, you know, risk, don't take the risk, or you, you don't pay, you take that risk, and then you end up, you know, if you get caught with another fine, so now you're paying twice as much, because it just, it to me, it, like, doesn't make sense how these systems are built in a way where it's, like, the people that need the most support end up getting taken from the most, like, with check cashing places and all these, you know, predatory lending, and, like, the fees are insane. These are the people with the least and they're the ones that get charged the most in fees. How Do we think that that system is fair, it's equitable, it's just, it makes sense? Like who, like, I just don't understand. And and so I love that you tapped into crypto as like an opportunity to really say, you know what, F that, F all of it. I don't need these middlemen, these businesses, these banks, these systems. We can actually just go person to person. I also agree that crypto is gonna be huge. And I started, I posted a video when I started investing in crypto, I actually started in like 2016, 2017, but I was nervous to post about investing in it because Back then people were, it was just, you know, even in 2012, people were talking about it, but I didn't know too much about it. And by the time I learned about it, it was still too new. And I didn't want to like make it public that I was investing yet. So later I finally did. And now people that back then told me, Tuta loca. why are you putting your money in crypto? All this risky stuff. And now they're like, yo, should I buy be, be buying Bitcoin? What, tell me, what should I be doing? I'm like, go watch my video from 2017. <laughs> It's it's rewarding, though, when you get that experience,
1: you're like, oh, I'm the I'm the pioneer. And all you guys just do is follow. And if it's scary, you're going to try and knock me down. okay Mm. now that I know that that's what happens, I'm not so afraid when people try to attack me because that means I'm on the right path.
0: You're afraid what's happening. Yeah. How can people support you, connect with you, find you, reach out to you um, if you're comfortable sharing your Instagram or anything else, wherever you post things that you create and what you're up to?
1: so my if you want to look at more details about my van um questions and stuff in the tour it's on youtube i made a a channel called it's just two videos youtube is not for me what you guys do much respect i cannot do it just repeating the same thing over and over again to retake the same shot get the lighting right i cannot be bothered that's not my medium so i did two videos uh izzy Izzi underscore van life Uh, the same tag for Instagram Um, that's where I'm on mostly just updating I may change the name once I'm debt free because it's not really van life so I'm not really sure anymore what to do with that but my art handle is Cooley with an I underscore fully with an I and that's where all my art's been uploaded
0: So I didn't know about the art page. I'm definitely going to go support and check it out. Um, And when you do change or if and when you do change um, your name, I'll just update it on the episode in the show notes and let people know like formerly is E underscore van life, but now this is the handle. So people can still find you. Even if they hear this a year or two years from now, they'll be able to support you then even. So thank you so much, Isabela. This was amazing. I'm so glad we connected. I feel like I just made a new connection that I'm always going to have. And I'm so appreciative for you making time in your schedule especially I know you're working and all the things that you're doing. So I really appreciate it. And let's stay in touch so that I can support and spread the word when you finally do become that free and just supporting any other projects that you're working on in the future too.
1: Thank you for all that you do.
0: Have a good one, love. You too. Bye-bye.